Hey guys, on this week's podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into how to use our pit calculator found at bbqpitcalculator.com. You're listening to the Pitmaster Secrets Podcast. Hey guys, this week's episode is the audio taken from one of my Facebook lives I did in our smokerbuilder.com forums group on Facebook. I went really, really deep and uh, I love doing these things live, but uh, anyway, this is, the, this is the technical segment from that uh, live broadcast. Um, if you don't mind, get on in there and join our group on Facebook. And then you can see the whole live video. It was an hour long. Anyway, enjoy this. What I figured I would talk to, talk about is some general like sizing issues that people have. So the first place I'm going to start is the last question I was asked today. Um, a fellow on on a set of one set of our plans on back in the day with the smokestacks, we used to show them on the plans as square if they were really big. Main reason for that is, is because, you know, we got to take these plans that we do from the perspective of, uh, you know, the guy at home in his garage that doesn't have a lot of access to material and things like that. And so uh, we would show making the smokestack out of square if it was like eight inch or bigger. And, uh, you know, people still build those plans. I don't remember what yours showed, uh, Don, but uh, anyway, if it showed a square, they typically wind up nowadays wanting to do round. And uh, so we have to convert that stuff. And so I just want to go over some basic geometry. So keep in mind that when we design a pit, we're designing that pit based on ratios and volume and things like that. And so we'll have like the main cook chamber is where everything starts. We start our math with the main cook chamber. That's why when you go to the pit calculator, that's the very first question on there, okay? And, and we talk about, uh, is, it a, is it a cylinder? Is it rectangle? Is it gallons? What is it? And uh, what we do is we, we pick out uh, which, whatever kind of cook chamber we got. We pick a way to do it. Now, the, 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 the most important thing we're coming up with here is volume in cubic inches. That's what we're trying to go for. If you have a tank, we ask for gallons just because it's easier to see on the rating plate. And then we do math that converts it in the calculator automatically to cubic inches. That's the foundation for your pit whenever we start. And actually what you should do is, is start with the finished dimension of your pit, like in cubic inches. If you're going to cut the end bell off, um, you need to go back and look and see how many cubic inches that end bell is um, really quick. The easy way to do that, if any of you guys are in here that can type this in the thing for me, uh, what we're doing is uh, we're going to go to Pete Maz's calculators. Now, the best way to do that is go to smokerbuilder.com forums, click on the very first forums thread up there, you know, the forum at the top. And uh, it's going to say Smoker Builder Calculators. When you click on that, it's going to take you to uh, uh, the calculators that Pete wrote in a thread. And in there, he helps you figure out the volume of your tank, including end belt or taking the end belt out right there. That's how you get that number. And you can convert that to gallons in that same calculator, I believe. So when you get that number, go back to our pit calculator, the main calculator. One day, all this stuff will be mixed together. It'll be easy to work through. But anyway, so we're going to go in there and put in our cubic inches or come up with the cubic inches of our main cook chamber. Then the next question, it says firebox size, and it just has blank spaces for you. 
Okay, length, width, and height. Okay, assuming you're gonna do square or round, it'll say diameter and length, right? This is where you have to have some like guessing power, okay? Um, what I always do, just a quick tip, is uh, I'll put in whatever the diameter is. I wanna have a happy close to my diameter width looking at the firebox door. So if my tank is 30 inches, I'm gonna put in 28 to 30 inches, something like that. I'm not gonna go bigger than that unless I have to for some kind of a reason like the trailer. So now uh, you have to guess your firebox dimensions. And I said, start with the width, okay? The width is gonna be very close to the diameter of your tank. So we're gonna put in there, if we have 30 inch tank diameter or cook chamber diameter, we're gonna put in 30 inches then, or 28 or whatever you want. Then you just gotta have to kind of wing it. Frank has two rules. Rule number one, if this thing is gonna be on a trailer and you're gonna walk up to the trailer and, and uh, cook on it while standing on the ground. This is the only type thing that really matters here, is we, we wanna make sure that the firebox isn't gonna drag. So if you, if you know anything about triangulation and bridge aprons and driveway aprons and stuff like that, typically it's gonna take about minimum, I mean it's close at eight inches from the bottom of the firebox to the road depending on how deep your firebox is, you know, length of the trailer wise. So I have a rule, 24 inches or less, if you're gonna get into that scenario, if you have to go higher than that, for whatever reason, cosmetics or anything like that, then you're gonna to wanna to put like some kind of legs under your cook chamber and maybe, and maybe some kind of a, uh, um, some kind of a fold down ramp, I guess, a step, something to stand on. So, okay, rule number one, I said, your height, if you're cooking on the trailer, uh, standing on the ground, your height needs to be at least eight inches off the ground, which means you can't be higher than 24 inches tall in most circumstances. So we already know 30 and we know 24, right? So now we're gonna talk about the depth. Now you just gotta, that's the number you're gonna play with to get your, uh, your percentage. So when you hit, you enter your cook chamber in, you enter your firebox in, let's just say you hit submit right there, it's gonna tell you a percentage off to the side of your, of your uh, calculator readout. And you know, the rule going, and I mean all the old school guys, Pete Maz, you know, uh, Big T, Terry, you know, Tom, all the guys on the forum, if you ask that question, what should I read there? You'll say 107, right? That's like the, the perfect number. Uh, anyway, so what you're gonna try to do is, uh, is, is run that number per, pretty much between 103 and like 115. That's a really good zone to be in there. So when you do, when you do uh, your firebox percentage, that's what you're doing. You're playing with one dimension. Get the other two where you want them cosmetically and then play with the depth, let's say, from the door to the throat is what I call depth. And, and uh, we're gonna try to hit that 107 number. So you'll type in like 24 and hit submit and see what it says. And it might say 98 or it might say 70%. Well, then you need to increase the number because 100% in that readout 
means that it is exactly the required size. There's no fudge room there. It's, it's not too small. It's not too big. It's exactly what you should have under perfect scenario. So that's why we go to 105 to 115. We, we want to get that number in there somewhere where uh, it's going to be uh, usable uh, in most conditions. There's some forgiveness there. So what you do then is play with that number, get your 107 or whatever number you're going to try to hit, right? The next question is going to start talking about, like, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it says what, side, what kind of smokestack you want. So if you want a round or square, select that. There's one rule. I like it to fit through the garage door, right? So that depends on how big your garage door is. <laughs> if you're keeping it outside, it don't really matter. Make it as big as you want. If you're keeping it in the garage, don't drive through the door unless it'll fit, right? And so in order to do that, typically, you know, by the time you add in the wheels, the trailer, the suspension, the, the cooker, diameter, all of that stuff, by the time you add all that together, we're going to wind up with a smokestack that's somewhere around, you know, 25 to 36 inches typically. That's a real good number. Okay, so how do you get that? Well, if you, if you have a 500-gallon tank and you put in like a 4-inch stack, 4-inch diameter, remember, we're dealing with volume here. So if you put 4 inches in, that smokestack's going to be giant. I mean, it's going to be like 50 feet tall. Who knows? It, it's got to make that volume number in order for the pit to draft correctly. So what we wind up doing is going bigger in diameter, which will shorten the stack because... Like I said, volume is what we're going for, not square inches, not length, volume. So you can kind of mess with that number all you want. Change diameter, it'll change the length uh, automatically for you um, when you put that number in. If for some reason, like it comes out with 12-inch pipe or something like that, and that's what we had on Luann was 12-inch pipe. Uh, Brother Aaron went down to pick it up for me. <coughs> anyway, <coughs> sorry guys. So... If you wind up with 12 inch pipe and you're like, they're wanting 50 bucks a foot for that and you can't find any nearby, find something else that's, you know, 12 inches diameter. Um, I can think of a few things off the top of my head that some people have laying around um, that would work for that. I'm not going to say it too legibly, but, you know, like old CO2 tanks, question mark. <laughs> they're close, the big ones, like the 300s. Anyway, uh, be creative and find something. Or you can go back and lay this thing out rectangle or square. Um, if you do square, it's length times, width times, uh, height, right, for volume. Now, here's the one you need to write down. Maybe Tom can put it in the notes here in the comments if he uh, has a free keyboard finger. We're going to figure uh, the area of a circle if your smokestack is pi. So we do pi times the radius squared right? And then we take that times the length to come up with our number. Now, let me say it real slow again, because that number, I mean, like I told a guy earlier today, we all got taught that in eighth grade, but we didn't care in eighth grade, so we don't remember it. It took me, took me a while to get it where I remembered it too. And I didn't take no algebra, so I was screwed. But anyway, um, if you, if you want to know how to, how to reverse engineer the size of your smokestack, the number in the pit calculator is going to read out in the bottom. It's going to say uh, cubic inches. 
okay? Remember that number. That's what you need to have, right? So then if you know what you need to have and you know what you want to have, then you take like eight inch pipe. So you'll do four because it's the area, it's the radius squared. So four times four, and then we're gonna take that times pi and that's gonna 3.14 that is. <coughs> and that's gonna tell us the area of the, the open area of that uh, pipe, right? Eight inch pipe. So when we know that, we take the number the pit calculator said and divide by the area of our pipe. That's going to tell us the length, okay? That's real heady. I'm really sorry, but I got a beer in one hand and the typer machine's way over there. <laughs> so I didn't write it down. So I'm sorry, guys. But anyway, just basic how to figure the area of a pipe, right? Or a circle and what's the length. <coughs> we're, we're matching volume. So we took care of smokestack. Okay, where that comes in most handy is two, two times when you need that. Time number one is, uh, is when we're converting our smokestack volume from uh, round pipe to square or rectangle, right? We need to be able to cross back and forth. Square is gonna be shorter then pipe, which is round, that's gonna be longer for your smokestack. So that's a little hint there. The second thing that's gonna happen when we, when we need to have uh, two smokestacks, right? Now I'm talking about on a reverse flow application or a traditional offset application where we have two smokestacks next to each other on one end of the pit, okay? Not a hybrid, but a traditional offset or reverse flow. We're gonna take that smokestack and we're gonna take the cubic inches divided by two first. That's the cubic inches of the volume of the smokestack. Then we're gonna go ahead and figure up just exactly the math I just gave you. Pick out, like let's say if you wanted a, uh, uh, if it was eight inch square that you're trying, that you're being told to use by uh, the, the pit calculator or a set of our plans or something like that. All you're gonna do is just divide your cubic, figure up the cubic inches, divide the cubic inches in half, then do pi r squared uh, for, your, for your size pipe that you wanna do to find the area, right? And divide by the volume that you came up with. So I would probably wind up using two six inch pipes that are shorter instead of one eight inch pipe. Um, two four inch pipes, the same length, do not equal the same volume as an eight inch pipe that given length. It, it just doesn't work, unfortunately. I don't know why some smart guy made it that way, I guess. <laughs> but no matter what you do, it's gonna be longer. I don't know how to change that other than increase diameter. So there you go on that. Now we're gonna get down to the air inlets. Um, air inlets is just kind of one of these things. Lick your finger, check the wind, you know. Um, how much is enough, how much is not enough? Why the heck do I wind up putting like two of these air inlets on there, but when I'm running the pit, I only got like a third of one open, right? Well, you can never have too much. It's better than opening the door when, when, when it's really cold outside or really windy or some extreme condition like that. That's why we wind up doing the air inlets the way we say. But also, if you're cooking in Alabama down at the beach, right, and you're, and you're at the ocean, and you're cooking in your pit. And next week you gotta go to Colorado 
and you go way up high in the, in the air, you know, in Denver, let's say, or up in the 14ers, and you're going to run that pit, that same pit will struggle unless you do what the pit calculator says. <laughs> because that, you know, just a small air in what the air is not as dense, and we know that ox air is 70% uh, nitrogen, and the rest is a bunch of other crap mixed with oxygen, right? So... I don't remember the exact oxygen number, but the higher up you go, the less oxygen there is in that same given volume of air because the air is not as dense. So now we have to move way more air into the pit. That's when we need that other air inlet. Now, one other extreme case. I have a friend, I don't remember if he's in this group or not. I have a friend that I sold a cooker to years ago who lives out by Hollywood somewhere out in there. It's on the ocean. And uh, when that Pacific Ocean breeze comes in at a certain time of year, whenever that is, that ocean air comes in, and it's just damp. I mean, it's wet. Okay, now that air is incredibly dense, right? But it's heavily laden with moisture and, he, and all the other stuff that happens in his specific case. So he needed to add an air inlet to the pit that I sold him. Now, I followed what the pit calculator said, but he couldn't get it to run to save his soul unless he put a guru on it on top of the air that I had added to it. So there you go, that's that's one other case. Like if you live in some, let's talk about the plains, okay? If you go up in, you know, uh, Western Nebraska, um, up in South Dakota, you know, up there where the, where the air don't stop and it moves fast all the time, um, especially if you're tucked back in a corner, right, Tom? The uh, air starts whipping around and you get all these weird air currents and stuff like that. That's when the other air inlet is really handy. Um, so anyway, that's a little bit about air inlets. Um, you can do whatever you want. It can be a ball valve. It can be 50 ball valves. It can be uh, circles, squares, rectangles, pyramids, diamonds, whatever you want to make them out of. It doesn't matter. Just so the square inches of that air inlet matches the, uh, what, the what the pit calculator says to make it. That's the only rule. So there's one more thing that you don't tell it, right? That it figures all by itself on the calculator. Anyway, we're down closer towards the end of the pit calculator here. <clears throat> um, our, our pit calculator is going to give you a number we call the throat opening. And uh, that's where the air comes out of the firebox into the cook chamber. It's why we call it the throat. The pit calculator tells us a number right? In, in square inches. Okay, now Pete Maz wrote calculators to help you configure what shape to make the opening. He did a fantastic job. There's all different shapes, right? Uh, Two-dimensional shapes. It doesn't matter. Make it anything you want. It can even be cool, like letters, if you wanted it to be, um, that are cut out. The most important thing in the world is that you make it at least as big as the number on the calculator. It can be as big as you want, it just has to be at least as big as the number. Don't make it smaller. That's the only rule. Um, now, the next tip as a best practice to that is try to keep it as short as you can in the cook chamber. I mean, when I say that, I'm not saying like two inches. I'm, I'm saying keep it up about six, seven, eight. You know, on a 30-inch diameter, you're never going to go more than like eight and a half, nine, ten inches, something like that. There's no reason to go taller than that. Go wider and cut out the rest of the bottom there. Uh, a lot of what we like to do is like uh, the half circle is real easy. 
like I said, it just has to be at least as big as the throat opening. The next thing we got to keep in mind is our baffle plate has to be above the top of wherever that cut is. If that cut is seven and a half, eight inches up off the bottom dead center of the cook chamber, then our baffle plate needs to be at least that high. I prefer it to be one inch above. That's where I like it to be. One inch above the top of that throat opening, right? That's just a frank number. I came up with that for a few reasons. Um, in the case of an offset that's built out or a uh, reverse flow that's built using a, uh, um, like a propane tank, for instance, something with a tank head on it, like what we call an end bell, but tank head, you're going to notch out the tank head, right? Come over and come down. <clears throat> the firebox is going to be nested up inside of that. Early on in the game, we would make the top of the firebox part of the baffle plate to try to save two or three square foot of metal. Not worth it, trust me. Because what happens is, now we've got the dead blow of that heat coming straight up and hitting the end of that baffle plate and we have a tremendously large hot spot there. So what we do is we actually put that top of the firebox where it needs to be, raise the baffle plate one inch above it. Now we've got a shadow area there that that's gonna, the, so the top of the firebox acts like a shadow plate. The, the product's combustion comes out of the throat opening wham up into the top of that uh that baffle plate but it's a foot and a half it's a foot in or whatever past the opening of the firebox you know past the end, the end of the tank so we don't get that real hot area right there where flames are in direct contact essentially with the bottom of our baffle plate okay i'm about ready to let out the secret <sighs> i'm ready you guys ready okay pick a number between 25% and 100% of the throat opening. Okay. What we're going to do is the end of the baffle plate. I've said this on the podcast a bunch, and we've been through and through and through this on the main forums, smokerbuilder.com slash forums. Not this group, the actual forum. Um, if you haven't been active on there, Get on over there. Sign up. You need to get yourself a username. I just added three or four people tonight that uh, didn't put a username in. I can't believe it. Anyway, we let you in here anyway, LOL. <laughs> get on over there. Sign up. You might as well just dive head into this crazy barbecue pit building community because that's what we did and look at us now. So anyway, um, if, uh, if you've been on the forum, the actual message board, you've seen Big T say it a million times, as well as Pete and Rod Crafter and all them old school guys, and then you've seen me and Tom say it too, what we like to do is pick out a number between 25% and 100% of what the throat opening square inches are and make that the square inches of our baffle plate gap. Okay, why do we do that? Okay. So think about the baffle plate as a heat sink. That's really what it is. It's a heat sink. It's, it's not a diverter. It, it does divert air for convection purposes, but it is totally not a uh, diverter type baffle plate. Its primary mission in this cooker is a heat sink. That's why we don't have to use a water pan or anything like that. Okay, traditional offsets you see some of the old school guys using a concept called tuning plates, um, especially when we get into hybrids, right? We're, we're trying to do both. 
we'll have a whole bunch of little plates spread all the way out in the, in the, that's right. That's exactly right, right there, Stanley. We're building up back pressure behind that plate so that we can, and it's not a lot. It's not even measurable. I mean, if you had a, uh, if you had a high temp manometer of some kind, uh, you could actually measure the pressure difference across the plate and you could actually hit a number, but it's not worth messing with. Just pick a number. Um, because a lot of the other guys out there, right, the other guys that are out there talking about building pits, um, other calculators, not going to name anybody, all those other guys say it has to be as big as the throat or bigger, right? Well, that's not actually right. I, if, you, if you cook on, uh, I can think of like two, three different brands right now of, of commercially produced pits that, that do that. Their baffle plate stops about two foot uh, before the tank head. And uh, what winds up happening is you just got a microwave right there. You got all this heat blow coming out. And Lord help you, if you're gonna, you just moved your problem from the firebox all the way to the other end of the tank. You didn't fix anything with the baffle plate other than some convection, that's it. So what we do, and this is, this is common with any kind of uh, burning appliance even, uh, gas furnaces, water heaters. If you ever took a water, you've probably seen a water heater that you changed out that was gas. Pull the flue off of it. There's that Venturi thing on top that sucks air, right? As, the, as, as we're trying to draft for the flue. Take that thing off, look down inside the hole, what's in the hole? It's this plate that's vertical in there that's like ribbony. It's like all twisted up. That adds restriction inside there. It's actually technically called a turbulator. That's all we're doing with this baffle plate. We're keeping it flat and we're closing it off at the end. Just like putting your thumb over the water hose, we're trying to block off the back pressure behind your thumb, which is like the pressure behind your thumb, right? And we're trying to cause that heat to dwell, that heated air mass to dwell under the plate for a real short period of time. And, and then uh, all you got to do then is uh, absorb the heat into the plate and we control how much of that air mass comes out. Now, if you don't know where to start with that number, right, I'll tell you, I'll give you the easy, the easy way out here. You ready for it? 50%. Start there. So you can do all these complicated contraptions like Tom and I built when we were trying to come up with the answers to these questions. Because <laughs> we, we had fun. It was fun. I, I enjoyed that. That's the best part of this is learning this stuff, to, to me anyway, and I think Tom too. Coming up with new designs, figuring out like what will work and what won't work, being okay with looking like a fool when you come up with this new crazy idea. Anyway, uh, when we did all that, we came, and you can see the thread. It's, I made it years ago in another place, but I, I, when I started smokerbuilder.com, when Tom and I started, it was just me and him. We had nothing else to talk about, so we just moved all our threads from the other place over to this site, our site, Smoker Builder. So if you go way back in the archives, I'll tell you what the build thread is titled. It's called, uh, it's by me, Frank Cox, and it says, 160 gallon reverse flow smoker on a trailer. Trailer build, I think, maybe. There's two or three threads about it. But I made that baffle plate gap adjustable. I put a big old cranky hand wheel on the end of it. I had other ideas and tried them that saw teeth and everything else didn't work out. I made a cranky handle, and that cranky handle would open and shut that plate, you know, the gap. And I tried it out at half inch. Truth be known, that was the right number for that pit. 
a half inch by 26 inches wide, the shape of the radius of the end bell. If you follow like boiler law or anything like that when it comes to draft and thermal dynamics and stuff like that, that heated air mass would have required a half inch gap. But uh, anyway, I made it adjustable from zero to 100% and I made it uh, a little bit bigger than the throat uh, calculation on the pit cow, right? Back then we didn't even know to call it the throat. We, we made that up. That ben, actually Ben Allyrat, Allyrat 58 came up with that name. But uh, anyway, so what worked out the best for a new build, if you didn't know what to do, just start with 50% and make that end of that plate, okay? So you got the end of your baffle plate, and then so from the end of your gap, come back about, let's say, six inches, whatever, to the door, and then put your drain lip. Now you've got this flat plate at the end, and it's not a big deal to come in there with a plasma cutter or a torch or a saw or a grinder, metabo, and just shiv off like half, like an inch at a time off the plate. Leave yourself a lip, and if you don't want to make it uh, adjustable, you can just put another plate in there. Matter of fact, I've even used a block of wood like plywood in there before just to try it out and see what happens. You know, this barbecue lifestyle that we live building pits and things like that, it's supposed to be fun and enjoyable and we should have nothing but good memories from this deal. You know, whenever it comes to building your own pit or even if you bought one and the thing don't run right, that can take a lot of fun out of it pretty quick. I tell you what, if you'd like to build your own pit and you'd like to make sure that the numbers are right for the first time and not have to worry about all this math I just went into and all the technical data, why don't you go on over to www.smokerplans.com. The link is in the description below this podcast episode. And I tell you what, I'm going to give you a free set of smoker plans. And you know, it's not just any old smoker plan. These smoker plans, we've been selling these things for years. We've got over 200 sets of these drawings. We've helped people from all walks of life build legacy pits. I mean, these things get handed down for generations to come. I tell you what, if you go over there and get that set of plans, I'm going to send you those plans in the mail for free. That's an $80 value that I'm giving you for free. All you pay is $12.95. I tell you what, click the link below and claim yours before they're gone.